Say Happy New Year anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, download the app if you haven't already, because um, if you want to know what is going on around here at Crossroads Church, if you want to know what is happening, the answer to the question is the app. And so uh, we're able to share with you missionary updates. For example, we support over 20 different missionaries, and then there's mission causes that we support, local and global, and there's just not enough time week to week to be able to share all of that with you, but we can share extra things through the app, but for you to receive it, you have to have the app, so download the app on your phone so you can start receiving notifications of what's going on around Crossroads so that you can, in 2024, know the answer to what's your church do for missions? Uh, what's your church do for outreach? What does your church, you'll be able to share with them, pull out your phone, give them examples, and I'd love for you to be able to do that and to know the information, more importantly, for yourself. All right, today we are continuing on in a series that got introduced last week. Matt did a good job helping us to get ready for this series uh, that we're going to be in for the next five weeks. We're using an acrostic of bless to talk about how we can have blessings in our lives, but for the purpose of blessing other people, all right? You're, you're blessed not just so you can enjoy it. You are blessed so that you can be a blessing. And we want to be a blessing to this community. Can I get a good amen, church? All right, so, so that is one of the reasons why Crossroads exists is to be a blessing to this community, to make an impact, to share what God's given to us, to share that with other people. So today, we're going to look at how God does this through prayer, which is perfect opening to our 21 days of prayer. I want to make a statement. Only God can really change the world. Okay? Only God can really change the world. Now, I know we talk about, wow, that guy, he just changed the world. And uh, she changed the world. Um, to an extent, perhaps, but nothing happens in this world without God allowing it to happen. Uh, God is sovereign, uh, totally in control. Everything that happens has to pass through his fingers. And so the same thing goes for people. I, I want to give some premarital advice, okay? So if you're not married yet, uh, let me give you some premarital advice. You cannot change someone else. How many have found that out after you got married, right? And, but God, you're having too much fun with that one, all right? But, um, God can change people. And if you'll read the Bible, 
which I hope you're doing. I hope you're reading the New Testament through with us this year. It's fun. Uh, already getting into it this first week. And, and uh, the thing about reading uh, and focusing on the New Testament this year, it's not so overwhelming. We're not pushing to read the whole Bible. If you want to do that, uh, have at it. Please do. Um, you do your thing. But as a church, I know a lot of people strive to read the Bible and fail. And this year, we're going to make it. But we're going to read the New Testament through. And, and for those of you who have a study Bible, and I hope that's almost all of you, uh, that you would read it with your study Bible so that you could take time to read the notes because, again, it's not so overwhelming amount of reading material. And, again, you can access a schedule from your phone, from our app, or from the YouVersion Bible app. But here's the thing is I've found out God can change people through my prayers. I don't know if you found that out yet or not, but um, try it this year. If you'll start praying, in other words, if you quit complaining about people as much and start praying for them, you would see things change. Just try it at work. Try it at home. Try it wherever. God can move on people's hearts and change them, but he does it as we pray for them, as we ask God to move in other people's lives. And here's another thing that uh, we're going to talk about today is asking God for divine appointments. Does anybody know what divine appointments are? They're like when you run into a person and you're like, what are the chances? Because I was just talking about them. Or I was just thinking about them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where it's like a divine appointment. Or you're talking to somebody and it, it was, they were just a stranger to you a few, few moments ago. But the conversation turned. And all of a sudden it's, it's focusing on spiritual things. And you think, I think this is a divine appointment. I think I'm supposed to invite them to church. I think I'm supposed to talk to them about my faith. I think I'm supposed to pray for them right here in Kroger. And, and so it's a divine appointment. And listen, here's how divine appointments happen when you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. How do you get sensitive to the Holy Spirit? You spend time with the Holy Spirit. You spend time in prayer. So I'm going to challenge you today to use your time this year wisely, setting aside time for prayer. Can we do this, church? Okay, that wasn't very strong. Can, can we do this, church? Can we set aside time for prayer? And, and here's how we can get ready for this during our 21 days of prayer. Already built into the schedule of our church it is a way for us to be able to spend time in prayer instead of perhaps social media. I looked up this week the average amount of time that an American spends on social media per day is two hours and 15 minutes. Two hours and 15 minutes. So we have time to pray. 
Hello? We have time to pray. We have time to, to get with God. And I would say, if you'd hear what he has to say for 2.14 or so hours of the day, your life would be different. I don't know about social media, that your life, at least for the better. But I do know that spending time with God is gonna make a difference in your life. And, and by the way, uh, we're gonna look here in a moment. Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. Now, that just messes with me because I am not Jesus. Are you Jesus, right? Right, you're not Jesus either. Look, look at somebody next to you and say, you're not Jesus. You're not Jesus, all right? You're not. And, and so here's the thing. I, I'm just thinking, why did he pray so much? He was God in a bod. Come on, somebody. He was, he was God in the flesh. And, and if he felt the need to pray so much, how much more should I be praying? And, and so Jesus would spend time with God, with the Father, a lot. And we're going to see that in a moment. The early church, here, here's, as you're reading the New Testament through, here's what you might do. You might take a pencil or a highlighter, and every time when we get to the book of Acts, and you're reading through the book of Acts, which is history of the New Testament church, the history of the early church when it first got started, when Jesus took off into heaven and everybody else was left with the duty of building the church. Here's the word you'll find so often. Pray, prayer, praying, prayed, Every time you run across that word in the book of Acts, I challenge you to highlight it, underline it, and you'll see the reason why they turned the city upside down. You'll see the reason why people were healed. You'll see the reason why thousands were saved at a time. You'll see the reason why that church moved in Power. So to get things started today, I want to read from Luke chapter 6. And this is the same Bible, the same uh, history book, Luke, that wrote the book of Acts. Uh, the first letter he wrote, the first research he did was about Jesus and the life of Jesus. And we talked about this at Christmas just a couple weeks ago, how he said, not once upon time, but he said, when this person was in charge, and this person was in charge, and this was going on, and this time of the world, that's when Jesus came. And he quotes these eyewitnesses, and he does all this research. Well, he does the same thing with the book of Acts that he wrote, and he says, this is how the church got started. And he was a contemporary. He, he lived during that time, and he interviewed people and traveled with people, such as the Apostle Paul. So he was an eyewitness to many things, and the other things he got from firsthand eyewitnesses. Well, in Luke chapter 6, this Luke writes this. 
One of those days, Jesus went out. So it's just like any other day, right? It's kind of how I read this. It's, it's like this is not, you know, Sunday. It's not go to church day. This is just on a day. One day, Jesus went out to a mountainside. Why? To pray. And he spent the night praying to God. Come on now. Jesus thought prayer was so important, he spent the night praying. If Jesus, I'll just say it again, if Jesus thought that the, at least one night of his life that we know of, he spent the night in prayer, but we know there's other times, how much more should maybe you spend the night praying instead of worrying? fretting, pacing the floor. Just a thought. All right. Verse 13. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. Now notice what he does. And he chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. Simon, whom he called or named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Notice what Jesus is getting ready to do is why he spent the night in prayer. He's getting ready to call 12 men to follow with him. I mean, this is an important time, and he doesn't just do it in the flesh. Why does Jesus, the Son of God, do this? Because he is in the flesh. He, he's not everywhere present. He's subject to pain, humanity like us. And so he wants to get in tune with the Holy Spirit. He wants to get in tune, and he wants to show an example to us of when you have big choices in your life, you don't run to social media. You run to the altar. You run to God. And you ask God to guide you, lead you, and direct you. I, I mean, he shows us this is how to live. And he takes prayer extremely seriously. And, and it's powerful when we pray. Uh, God can sometimes, have you ever had this where, where you felt prompted and you thought, I think God wants me to go talk to that person, but I don't want to. Am I honest enough? Put your hand in there. Okay, you're like, you know, I really think this is what God wants me to do, but I don't want to do it. And I love there's a story. This is where the series came from. We were looking at this book as a staff, and um, there's a story in here from Beth Moore. And some of you who've done Bible studies, we've done Beth Moore Bible studies here at this church, and... Um, Beth Moore's in an airport, and um, she sees this guy in a wheelchair, and she gets one of those feelings. And this guy is dishuffled. He, you know, she's not sure about him. He's sitting there, old guy, long hair, in a wheelchair, and 
Holy Spirit is working on her. And she's like, don't make me go over there to that guy. She's, she's arguing. And, and then finally she says, God, don't make me witness to that man. And God says, here's what she hears the Holy Spirit say. I don't want you to witness to him. I want you to brush his hair. Could I just witness to him, right? You know? Maybe that'd be all right. I just kind of go. So, but that's what she feels. And how many know that? That must be the Lord, because I wouldn't come up with that. And so she says, okay, Lord, all right, all right, all right. And, and she goes over this old man in the wheelchair, long hair, just shuffled. And she says, hey, um, I, I just, uh, I know this may seem strange, but I, I would just like to know, could I brush your hair? And the old man looks up at her and, and he says, well, yes. That would be nice. And she says, well, I don't have a brush. <laughs> and he says, I do. <laughs> it's in my bag behind my chair. And so she unzips the bag, pulls out a brush, and begins to brush his hair. And uh, just keeps brushing Everybody in the airport's looking. Um, and she brushes it till it's silky soft and, and detangled and everything. And she says, um, there, I think I got it for you. Puts the brush back and kneels down to the man and says, do you know my Jesus? Because it's him that told me to do this. And he says, yes, I do. Because my wife wouldn't let me marry her until I came to know your Jesus. And he says, and she's getting ready to come here. It's the reason why I was so disturbed today because I knew she was coming and my bride hasn't seen me in a long time because she's had health issues. I've had health issues and we've been separated, but she's on her way here to meet me. And as I was sitting in this chair, I was thinking, oh, I wish I looked better for my bride. I wish I looked more presentable. I wish for the first time in so long that she would see me. I wouldn't look so much of a mess. And you came over and brushed my hair for me. See, that's what the Holy Spirit can do when we pray. You can start to recognize off these promptings that happen as God speaks. Led of the Spirit is how I grew up learning about it. Being led by the Spirit. As a matter of fact, Jesus, there's instances where it says specifically, especially right after his baptism, he was led by the Spirit 
What's that mean? He was led, he was guided, he was directed. You say, well, I, I don't know that I've ever experienced that. Well, how often do you pray? How often do you tune in to hear the voice of God? One of the things that struck me in reading this book and thinking about this series is uh, I was thinking about Rochelle uh, and, and how uh, my wife's just awesome at meeting people. And um, just, I mean, she'll, we'll see people. I, I just have grown to accept this uh, over the years because she will see people and she'll say, I, I know that person. And I'll be like, no, you don't. Do not talk to them. Do not approach them. Please stay in your seat, you know, kind of thing. Because I'm more of an introvert. I don't want to make a deal, you know, and spectacle and whatever. And she's like, I can't let it go. I know I know them. And 99.9% of the time, she does. I don't know. And it can be from years back. It can be from high school. It can be, you know, they bumped into each other at one point somewhere. Or this person worked somewhere. It's crazy. But she would pray and ask the Lord to direct her toward people. And she has one-on-one -on -one one people to Jesus over the years, one-on-one, -on -one been able to share faith with others. And one gal was a person, and I'll tell this story probably a little bit of it each week because it's just like this, and we didn't even know about this book. Hadn't even been written yet. But um, when she rode a bus and commuted to Chicago, and, and you know, when you first get on the bus and, and you first start commuting to Chicago for the hour more drive that it took to get to work, and then you do that back, uh, everybody on the bus kind of gets to know each other a little bit. And um, one particular gal she got to know and began to reach out to, and uh, it, it was amazing how God began to use that relationship. And the way you know who you should reach out to is through these promptings. It's like what Beth Moore experienced. It's like what some of us have experienced. Maybe some of you have experienced it, but you didn't act on it. And I want this series to give you the courage to act on it. So here's how we're going to start this out. And this is in the book as well, is who is my neighbor? And, and there's a handout. If you don't know where you pick it up, pick it up on your way out today. But this handout says, who is my neighbor? Literally. Okay. Like the person on this side and the person on this side, the person here, the person here, and here, and here. Who are they? And here's what I would say, many of us in this room and watching online today don't know who all these are. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Take a pen and put their name. You can put their last name or their first name. There's some neighbors that I know them better by their first name. There's some neighbors I know them better by their last name. You know, some neighbors maybe you have, they've got a nickname. You know, it's not the real name, but that's what 
everybody calls them. And I want to challenge you to fill in all eight of these. Can you do it? Some of you can, and some of you can't. Because some of these neighbors are the button guy. Right? Let me know the button guy. The button guy pulls in, hits the button, goes in, disappears. And you hardly see button guy. You know, because button guy has his yard mowed by somebody else. And, and so he just doesn't come out much. And, and you don't get an opportunity. I want to challenge you over these next few weeks to figure out who button guy is and start praying for him. Not talking to him about Jesus. Okay, take a breath. Not going over there and giving him a Bible for the new year, you know, not, not doing any of that. Just, just praying for him. Just saying, God, there goes button guy <laughs> into his house. I don't even know his name yet. But God, you do. And you know why maybe that he doesn't get out much. You know why he barely waves. You, you know why maybe he stays to himself. I don't know the hurt. I don't know the pain. I don't know the challenges of his life. But God, you do. And God, I'm praying that somehow, some way, you'll help me to meet Button Guy this year. That somehow, some way, I'll go to my mailbox at exactly the right time. That I'll go out in the yard and be picking something up or I'll be mowing the grass or, or doing something this spring and, and there he'll be and I can just turn the motor off instead of just, you know, one of those, you know. And keep going because I'm so busy. Instead, I'll kill the motor and meet this person that you already know. And that maybe I'm supposed to be, be a neighbor to and help them maybe to get closer to you. Can we do this? Can we do this? 21 days of prayer. Let's get ready. Tomorrow morning, be ready to be here. Be ready to, to dive into this. Pray over the places you're gonna be this week. Pray for your heart to be receptive, to reach out to others. And pray each day strategically that the Holy Spirit would lead you, guide you, and direct you. Ask God just to, to give you a, a, a witness that you can somehow say something perhaps that touches somebody else in their life that day. We've got a morning schedule every day this week and in each week of the next three weeks. The church will be open at 6 a.m. If you don't go to work or you don't go to school at 6 a.m., then maybe you can be here 
at 6 a.m. And some of you may say, well, that's kind of early. Well, it's not all night. Jesus prayed all night. And, and, and so maybe some of us, we can pray at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. And here's the beauty of this. You can just come and go. We're just got music playing. Lights will be down. And you can just come in here and pray. And here's what I'm challenging you to do is not just spend the whole time on you. I know there's a lot <laughs> that you could pray about. We're going to talk about that on Wednesday night. But pray for your neighbors. Bring this sheet with you in here. And, and when you're kneeling down at a chair somewhere in this room or down here at the altar, you, you pray over these, even if you don't have the name yet, you pray for them and you pray for the opportunity to come into their life and to minister to them, just like Beth Moore ministered to that guy in the airport who was a stranger until Jesus directed her. Ask God to show you how to be a blessing to your neighbors. Come on, church. Let's do this. All right. This is our challenge today. Ephesians chapter six and verse 18 says, and pray. Here's how Paul says this. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. That's a lot of prayer. In that one verse, on all occasions, pray, letting the Spirit of God guide you, direct you in your prayers, allowing him to pray through you, allowing him to help you to know who you should pray for, what you should pray for. So I want to spend a few moments now, and you can write these down. I'm going to teach you how to keep on praying. You ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. All right, here's the first one. How to keep on praying. First thing is make prayer a priority. It's not gonna happen if you don't make it a priority. How many know that about anything in life? If you don't make it a priority, it's not gonna happen. If you say, I wanna lose 40 pounds this year. Oh, what diet are you on? Well, I'm not doing a diet. Okay, never mind, right? Because it's probably not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And if you say, I want to pray more this year, when are you going to do that? What time of the day are you setting aside? What, What time do you have it in your phone so it'll ding and say, pray for the next 30 minutes? If you don't make it a priority, if you don't make time for it, it's not going to happen. Look at Psalm 5, verse 3. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Okay, so maybe start your day with a spirit of expectation. And prayer gets your expectations up. I don't know about you, but I expect God to answer my prayer. Now, sometimes he may say no, and sometimes he may say slow, and sometimes he says grow, 
And sometimes he says, go. And I expect God to, to move when I pray. And, and so he says, my expectations, the psalmist says, I, I get my expectations up early. When I get up, I, I just start praying and get expecting for God to use me. God's going to flow through me. God's going to touch my neighbor today. God's going to help me to intercede for my neighbor. God's going to help me at work today to be a blessing to somebody. God's going to help me at school this week to touch somebody's life, to be a witness to them, to somehow, some way, shine a light somewhere. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. So throughout the day, you do this. Listen, it, it's kind of like this. It's kind of how you, average American, touch your phone every seven minutes. Okay? So it, it, that's like text continually. <laughs> or check social media continually. Some of you do that well. What you do, and instead of that, you pray. And, 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 and maybe like you get ready to, ooh, and you kind of jerk a little because you got to fight that off. I've almost pulled my phone out. What I need to do is pray right now. I was getting ready to check social media, but instead, I'm going to flip it and I'm going to pray. Can we do that? Can we do that? All right, here's the second thing, is have a dedicated place to pray. Or maybe even places, maybe a place of work, place at home. It's the break room, it's the car. You go out and, and instead of taking your lunch and whatever, you take your lunch hour and you spend it in your car and you pray. If you don't have a private break room, private office or, or somewhere, you, you, you spend time in prayer. Maybe you have a sofa, you have a chair, you have something where you kneel before it and you pray. Mark 1.35, very early in the morning. Notice this, this is Jesus. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Where he prayed. So the first question, I, I forgot to ask that. What would I have to rearrange to make prayer a priority? I forgot to ask you that. You, you need to ask that first. And then for a dedicated place, what place would be most conducive for me to pray effectively? Okay, so, so don't pick something where you, you're only there once a week. <clears throat> You know, pick something like your car or a chair in your living room or a chair in your office and say, that's my prayer spot. That, that's my place. That's the place. Jesus had a place. Most Bible scholars believe that he had at least one place where he went strategically and regularly to go pray. Again, if Jesus did that, how much more should you and I? Here's the third thing. Have a plan for prayer. I'm going to talk more about this on Wednesday night. So be here Wednesday at 7 o'clock. But be strategic about prayer. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. Now notice that. He was in a certain place praying. 
And as he finished, one of his disciples came up to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Now, again, I'm going to talk more about this on Wednesday night, teaching you how to pray strategically. So be here this Wednesday. But, but I just want to have you notice that there's a plan for prayer. Just like you have a plan for losing 40 pounds, a plan for, for uh, getting in shape, a plan to run the mini this May, you, you have to have a plan. And if you want God to move in your life, what plan are you using? What plan, here's the question, what plan makes prayer easy and also it is interesting and effective. See, because it needs to be that for you to do it on a consistent basis. And here's the fourth thing. Pray with energy and power. You say, well, Craig, how do I do that? Well, I won't answer it. I'll let James, the brother of Jesus, answer it, okay? Uh, James chapter 5, verse 16 says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That's a person in right standing with God. How many have allowed Jesus to take your sins away and now you stand in right standing with the living God himself? Can you shout today or praise God for that somehow? Okay, so that's you. When, when you effectively and fervently pray as a righteous person standing in right relationship with God, here's what happens. It avails much. Things happen when you pray. So here's the question. What hurdle will I have to overcome to make prayer a powerful experience? What, what's going to have to give in my life? What, what am I going to need to do to make sure I, I do this and pray effectively and powerfully each day? Now, in the next few moments, here's what I want to do. I'm going to get real practical. I want to show you a verse in the Bible, actually three verses in the Bible, where the Apostle Paul does this for us. And I just think the Bible's awesome. And one of the reasons why is because it shows us how to live, okay? It, it helps us. That's the reason why you should read the Bible every day because it's so helpful. And, and so in Ephesians chapter one, and starting in verse 16, we have an example prayer. Paul gives an example prayer of how to pray for people to know God. Because for many of you, you don't know yet, some of you don't know if any of these people know God. Some of you know one or two and a maybe of these people know God. And so the goal is, here's God's goal, just give you God's goal, all of them know God. Am I right? That all would know God. And, and so 
that should be your goal as well, that, that you would pray for them. So here's an example prayer. Let me, let me give it to you, and then we're going to pray and close. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. I keep asking. Notice this. He, who's he asking? He's asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may what? Know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Mm. I hope you're my neighbor. I wouldn't mind somebody praying that over me every day. Hello? What would happen if you turned and prayed that, just that, over every house around you? What could happen? I'll tell you, anything could happen. Anything could happen. Your neighbor one day just say, I don't know what's going on, but... Man, I just feel so close to God this year. I just, God's just working in our lives and stuff. And you're like, I know, right? And you could even be a witness and say, hey, I think maybe part of it, just not, not it's not me. I, I just want you to know I've been praying for you by name every day. Matter of fact, I, I face your house out my back window. I face your house and I pray this prayer out of Ephesians that I learned in church. And I just pray it over you every day. And then now I've kind of expanded and picked up some other verses out of the Bible that I've added into it. Now I spend about five minutes or so just praying over you your kids, and I don't even know all your kids by name, but I see them out in the yard in the summertime. And I just pray over them. And I bless you in the name of Jesus. What might that do? Here, here's how to pray. First one, I pray that you may know God intimately, Paul says. So you're, you're praying for these neighbors you're saying, oh, I pray that they would know you intimately, God. Help them to know you intimately. And here's why this is so important for some of you that maybe have some screwy theology, okay? I, I just want to help you here because Jesus said something in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, that not everyone who says to him, Lord, Lord, is going to go to heaven, in other words, there are people that you know that are like, oh, yeah, I talk to the big guy all the time. And you're like, I don't know if you know him because that's not his name. Not, not sure about that. And, and here's the danger. Here, here's the danger is not everybody's going. Not everybody's ready. You hear me, church? There are a lot of Americans, especially, who will tell you, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. And uh, it's because 
they went to a Baptist church or something when they were a kid and they got baptized there. But they haven't been since. They, they don't live a life that looks like they know God. And chances are they know, don't hardly talk to him. And, and here's the danger of that. Not everybody knows God who says the name of God. And so you pray, let that be changed. Let them know you intimately. Here's the second thing. I pray that you experience real freedom over the issues that hold you back from God's blessing. How many know some of these people in these homes are bound by the enemy? Right? There's people in this room today, perhaps, that are bound by the enemy, and I pray over you that this would be the year your chains would be broken, that that habit that's held you for so long, that it would be gone, that your life would be set free from whatever it is, whatever addiction, whatever things held you back for so many years. May today be the day that starts victory in your life, chains breaking, bondage is gone, and you free in the name of Jesus. I pray that. Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And, and he says, I pray that you'd be enlightened. And there's another verse, we all had time to look it up, but where the scales, I pray that the scales would drop from your eyes so you could see clearly. The reason why some of your kids don't serve God is because they have scales over their eyes. Spiritual darkness, they have things over them. I pray that that would drop from their eyes. Here's the third thing. I pray that you can see God's perfect plan for your life. Paul says this way, you're called by God. Everyone's called by God. We all have different gifts, Romans 12 says. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about we all have different gifts, different abilities, but we all have been given an assignment by God. And until you live on assignment, you're not gonna live fulfilled in this life, okay? And here's the last one. I pray that you would find your place on a team so you would experience full life. We talk a lot about full life around here. That you would find your place. So, so, and, and here's how Paul said it in that verse. He says that you would know the inheritance in his people, his holy people. That you would know the inheritance, that you would know you're special. That you would know that as a child of God, you're not just random in the world. You're not just going through the motions. You're not just feeling your way through this. You're not just bouncing around from one experience to the next. No, you're on divine assignment by the living God. He has put gifts, talents, and abilities in you. You are special. You are called by his name. You are separated by him. You, you have a divine assignment and divine authority that we're going to talk about Wednesday night because of the Spirit of God that's in you. And it's time you start living like that. It's time you start living like that. So here's the thing. Is why don't you just start today? No better day to start this than today. No, no better day to fill in these blanks and start praying over your neighbors than today. Tomorrow. Be here, 6 a.m., 
7 a.m., whatever works for you. All morning long, the church open, 21 days of prayer. Be here this Wednesday night. Learn some more about praying. And here's the thing. Here's, here's, here's one of the powerful things. Because you may say, well, you know, um, yeah, but what's in it for me? You know. Okay, here, here it is. Four words. Pray more. Worry less. If, if you'll pray more, you'll worry less. Because now it's not your problem, it's God's problem. You know, you, you've given it to him. And you've given yourself to him. And when you're praying, by the way, when you pray for your neighbors and all, you know what? You think of yourself less often than you did before. And you start thinking about other people more. And that's, by the way, a key out of depression. Is, is to start thinking about other people more. And praying more for them. I know you pray for God to give you more money. And you pray for more stuff. And you pray for your kids. And that, that something bad doesn't happen to them. You, you pray for certain things. But, but what if you started this year praying more for other people? What, what would happen in your heart? What would happen in you? And then what might happen around you? See, I'm believing there's going to be testimonies this year. You know what? I didn't even know who that guy was, who that couple were. I, I didn't even know who they were when we started this in January. But then... Some coincidence. God let me be out in the yard when they were. And all of a sudden, a conversation ensued. And then it, it got to involve a barbecue. And the next thing we knew, they were telling us about their problems, their difficulties. Their hardships. And it just so happened that we've been through that same thing. What are the chances? And God gave us a word to be able to speak into them. And at the end of our talk, we just said, hey, th this is what we do. And we're not trying to be pushy or anything, but we've been talking for weeks now. Would you let us pray for you? Would you want us to pray for you and your sake? So that's what we did. We told you our story. And with tears in their eyes, our neighbors asked us to pray for them. And now they're sitting next to us every Sunday. That could happen. Let's pray. Father, anything happens when people pray. So God, today I, I pray that you would help us to pray more, to be strategic in our prayer, and to be less self-focused in our prayers. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, but I, honestly... 
My prayer life is not where it needs to be. My, my daily connection with God. I, I come to church and, and, and I connect here and all, but through the week, I'll be honest, I, I, could, I could be more intentional. And especially in regard to praying for other people and not just myself. And so today, I accept the challenge. I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to spend time every day praying for others and expectantly, fervently believing that change is going to happen in their lives as a result. If that's your prayer, will you just raise a hand up in this room and just say, yeah, yeah, I want God to use me this year to touch my neighborhood, to touch those around me, touch my school, touch my work. Father in heaven, you see our hands in the air and, and we just surrender all to you today. We, we invite you into our calendar that, that anything that maybe needs to get pushed out would get pushed out so that you can come in. So that you can be part of our lives every day in a more prominent way, in a more powerful way. And Lord, use us. Keep us sensitive, Holy Spirit, to every person around us so that we can be used of you. While we're still praying, there may be others of you that as we're talking about talking to God and knowing God, maybe, maybe you don't really know God yourself. Maybe you don't have a real grip on a relationship with the living God that comes in relationship to Jesus being our Savior and the Holy Spirit coming into our lives and changing us. I mean, it changes everything. If you're here today and you say, Craig, I, I know I need that. I know in this new year, I need to make some changes. And one of the biggest changes I need to make is not to go through this year alone. I need God in my life. I want God in my life. And if that's you and you're here today, just raise a hand. Say, yeah, I'm starting this new year off right. I, I want God in my life. I'm reaching out. I'm reaching up to him. As you're doing that online, just type the word decided in the chat. The word decided, and we'll be praying for you as well. Come on, church family, let's pray this prayer so that those around us who need to pray it will pray it out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe through his death, he paid for all of my sin so that I can be forgiven. So today I ask you to wash away my past. Give me a new beginning. From this day forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in and giving me the power I need to live for you each day. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate those. For starting this new year off right.